you read books to like learn how to do stuff, but you read books depending on your, cause you can also have like buffs and debuffs in your character for like how fast you read. Right. Or if you even can. But I, I think it's just that you read really, really slowly or yeah, something. Yeah. My character is David reads very slow. Yeah. So, but yeah. It's, yeah, but yeah, it's like a page every two seconds or something like that, but there it's like a 220 page book, right? <laughs> Scotch. Hey everybody. Welcome to episode 399 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast, Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the webs programmer. I'm Sam and I'm the artist. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is January 20th, 20 Jubilee. And before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be profanity in this show. So get ready for that. And we'd also like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Uh, thank you so much for your recurring donations to help us keep keep uh, you know, almonds going into our mouths. Yep. You know, almonds? We, they're bad for the environment, but we just can't stop. They're also you know? the worst of all nuts. I I'm just going to say it. Nope. I'm going to say it. Well, we hate on almonds. The thing about they almonds just is. just taste like nothing. There's just nothing <laughs> going on in an almond, you know? It's just. Yeah, but Adam, they're expensive. Adam. That's a good so, point. So they're good. That's an excellent And that's point. why we need those donations. I forgot about know? that part. Uh, you just, the almond budget is always tapped out because those little fuckers, Ooh. they just, they're like just, $10 a nut. Yeah, you just know? give me cashews all day, every day. You know, that's. Or cash. Just straight, ca- yeah, hard cash, cash. Cash to cashew. Cash for cashews is our mm-hmm. new uh, our new donation <laughs> program. Where you yeah, donate to us and then we spend the money on cash. Cash for cashews. It's like cash also, for gold, but we're just maybe we've, nuts. Exactly. I don't know if we've talked about this in the podcast before, uh, but if anybody doesn't know what cashews look like in the wild, any of our listeners, I encourage you to go do some Googling. Just Google cashew fruit. And you might be wondering- fruit. What does that have to do with cashews? The answer is... That's a great question. That cashews are actually little like... They're like... They're being... Okay, so there's a, there's a kind of a fruit, right? A uh-huh. cashew fruit. It basically okay. poops out a cashew nut. Oh, yeah, like out of the bottom. Like out of the bottom. There's like a cashew nut just kind of like hanging off the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. And the, <laughs> the, the whole thing is covered in like a skin that like is... It's kind of like poison ivy-ish. Like it makes you super itchy and it's like horrible, you know? So like cashews okay. are harvested by you harvest all these fruits and then you cut the little little poop off the bottom. That's that's the cashew. And then it has to be like de-skinned. What somehow. happens to the fruit? Yeah. Do we is the fruit? Well, the good? fruit apparently is pretty good, but it doesn't keep well enough to be like shipped anywhere, really. So like oh. you can eat it locally, like where where cashews are grown, but like you don't really get to eat it anywhere else. Uh, so the people who are cutting off the cashew poop part, they yeah. can just eat the cashew fruit as a snack because it can't they it, nobody else can that's have it anyway. Yeah, basically. You know. Yeah. But I do yeah. I encourage you to go Google it. Because it's one of those things like I don't remember why I saw a picture of it at some point, but I saw a picture and I was like, no, this is this too stupid. This no. it can't be. This you know, is I too learned, stupid. I oh. learned yesterday that whole milk is 3% fat. Yeah, right? Isn't that stupid? Did you know what it is? I, I learned like, that also recently, but yeah. Well, was, I mean, it, what else would it be? Like a 100%? You would, I mean, well, per, yeah, proportionally, like, that's what, that would make sense. You just <laughs> think like, that the whole would mean something. Yeah, it's it. Because I, I always was confused about the 2% situation, right? Because I was yeah, like, like, why does wow. it go whole to one? Man, yeah, that skin. seems like a weird, skin. huge jump to start with from apparently 100% yeah. to 2%. Like, what? Wow. Well, that's crazy. Well, that's because everything in between just tastes like shit. <laughs> like, you, need, you either need all the fat, 
You need to just be drinking pure fat, and that's delicious. Mm -hmm. That's true. But if you start yeah. to go a little bit lower than that, it's it's terrible. And yeah, then once you get back down yeah, to food, two, naming it's, it's, it's great again. Yeah, because it's true. It's that? like it's you've got you've got whole milk, these, which is three yeah. percent, and you've got half and half, which is actually a different kind of thing, but it is sort of like half fat. Like it's yeah, it has it's like, probably it's actually fifty percent. Yeah, it's very fat. Butter's like eighty percent or something like that. Yeah, butter's like eighty percent, unless you get like the really good stuff, then it like creeps up to like eighty four. So butter which is for some even reason is a lot whole better. milk. Yeah, butter is even <laughs> Yeah, butter's eighty percent milk. I don't know who's naming this, but yeah, with milk you got you got your whole, then you got two percent, uh, then you got half and half, which is also milk, but not, but also is more than whole. I don't Although know is half and half anymore. maybe half and half is like half whole milk, like half of it is whole milk, right? And then the other half is like all of the fat they scraped off of all the other milk. Mm. They just scrape it off or something. Have, this makes me think. Have you guys seen the sort of uh, I can't I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a it's like a generic brand of, of food and groceries and stuff that Canada has, where their packaging is just like yellow. It's just a yellow nothing, a yellow void with black text on it, all lowercase, and it'll just say something like apple beverage. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I think I have seen this. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a similar brand here that's its brand it's is black brandless. Like that's yeah. the name of the brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't see those those people talking about whole milk and stuff. It'll just be like milk. And then on the side they'll say what the nutrition info is. Yeah. Oh, that probably There's has no, to no still tricks. say whole like whole or whatever because that's all really regulated in terms of like mm -hmm. like the what the thing actually means is kind of irrelevant it's just that you have to use the that's same what we've all agreed yeah. to call it <laughs> like yeah you regulated a bunch to make sure it's called a particular thing but then that thing that you called it has no yeah, it doesn't actual have a, bearing on anybody's ability to understand what's happening. You call it 2% when it's actually half. 2% uh -huh. is half. Like, what? Well, 2% is probably 2%. But it's 2%. But, but it's not 2% of... <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's 3% and then there's 2%. So, you know. Well, I mean, yeah. it's not half, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not, yeah. But, it, but if they called it two-thirds milk, then you'd be like, <laughs> but what, what two-thirds two of what? What is, what's left yeah. Is is it is it like two thirds milk, one third water, or is it like they're keeping two thirds of the what fat? What are they measuring? Apparently, yeah. Apparently, it's the fat measurement. But I don't know. Like you can really get around milk. all these problems by just you know no longer drinking milk, which has been my strategy for Do years. You drink and it's been great. milk. Yeah, but then no. it gets confusing because now yeah now it's even weirder because you're like oh here's my here's like so because I, I drink this like this very specific uh, silk type because they have like a hundred types you know which is like cashew and and soy and something because it's like a high protein one, you know. Mm -hmm. and it's pretty, it's good. I like it, uh, but it is extremely confusing. Like trying to figure out what I am actually drinking. You know? <laughs> like, what mostly water? I it think. is mostly water, definitely. But yeah. then so is milk. You know, like all of it's mostly yeah, that's water. true. But like, what's that's the true. rest of it though? I just have no idea. It's those cashews. It's those little poop nuts. Yeah, it's those poop yeah. nuts. But yeah. So before we get into it, we I want to talk, we want to talk about Project Zomboid. But I just want to also say, if you guys are interested in this kind of stuff, look into other things too. Because even just looking at like what, uh, you know, like what chocolate or cocoa, c cacao or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Like what that looks like beforehand or uh, coffee. Yeah. You know, like like once once things go through this process and then they get roasted and everything else, like the end result looks nothing like what, what it started as. And you've been kind of surprised. Surprising. Yeah. Like, it, like if you saw coffee in the wild – 
you probably wouldn't know yeah. that that's what you're looking it's at. It's just like you know? a it's like a shrub with little berries. Yeah. You know? It's got like red red berries, right? Yeah. yeah. And then like the coffee thing bean yeah. is like inside of it. Yeah, coffee <laughs> coffee is a is a bean from inside of a fruit, right? It's just like you don't think about that normally, but uh, but yeah, it's that's like little, what that's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, I don't know uh, anything about how that fruit tastes. Uh, probably well, if it tastes good? anything like coffee, probably not good. You know, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: I drink coffee all the time, but I admit, you know, it's not <laughs> it's not a great it's not a great flavor. <laughs> it is. It's bitter. It is uh, specific. There, there's a there's a sci-fi series. Um, I don't remember who it's by, uh, but in this in this sci-fi series, it's like yeah. Inter, just like pangalactic uh, federation with all these alien species and stuff, you know, and and one of the kind of joke. It's not exactly a joke, but it's just like a the part of the world building is that coffee is this thing that like it's 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 hard to get because like you're in space, right? But it's something that humans specifically are just like obsessed with is like getting coffee. <laughs> but all other alien species find the smell and like everything about coffee to be so horrible that the, <laughs> that the coffee shops have to be like in an isolated like, se- like seg- segmented yeah, out like, in like worlds. separated like a, out like a fumigation chamber yeah so that it could be like strictly accessed by only humans you know <laughs> as they go through and stuff so uh, humans are getting up like oh it smells so good uh-huh. I mean that when the aliens are just Hurling, throwing up in yeah, the corner yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's the kind of thing that people don't think about when we think about when we meet when we meet aliens. You know, is that you know our senses are going to be completely different from theirs. It's like maybe the way that they talk is through horrible screeching sounds that like blow out our eardrums. You know, yeah, or maybe they talk by eating our heads off. You know, yeah, Yeah, because they just regrow their heads. You know, maybe like they can't make facial expressions, but they can regrow a head with a new one, and that's how they emote, right? And so like. And also, that's very nutritious. You know, it you is, meet a stranger, yeah. you have a snack, have a conversation. It's not <laughs> nutritious for the stranger, though, because now they have to regenerate their head. Yeah, but then they just eat your head and it kind of goes back and forth. Yeah, yeah. That's okay, you know. But we don't do that because that's not our culture. So, yeah, we you don't, know. We don't grow our heads fast enough. <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about Project Zomboid. Yeah. Okay. So, we, we played this game. Uh I knew we're a little I late knew, to the party. I think is a fair okay. Yeah, statement. I knew zero about this game. So who was it that suggested it? Sam uh, suggested, I suggested. Yeah, friend of okay. mine. I've seen it advertised like you know on Steam for some time. I didn't realize since 2013 since that's when it came out. But mm-hmm. it's been a, a it's it's quad, it's from the Quadrupus Rampage days. It is <laughs> true. It is. Uh, so Sam, why did you recommend this game? What did you know about it beforehand? Uh, I knew. I've seen it on Steam. It's been recommended to me on Steam, I think, for about 10 years. Um, I, think it's I, yeah, I, I have I seen it sort of like crop up in my recommendations yeah, on Steam It's as been well. constantly there. Uh, the reason I recommended it was because I was talking to a good friend of mine. Um, we were just about video game stuff, and he had mentioned getting really into Project Zomboid um, sometime in the last couple of months. And he just vaguely you know, described the some of the scenarios he would get in. And it sounded kind of like the RimWorld situation where you're just like, what? How did that happen? <laughs> like... What level of sim is happening in this environment, but it's actually, you know, it's you playing as a survivor in the zombie apocalypse. And I think the reason that it kind of punched back up onto my radar after, you know, seven years of just continuously going near me, but then I, it didn't look, it doesn't look great. You know, it's one of those, like it's art style wise, doesn't like look the best. So, well, I think, I think it looks fine. Uh, they, they kind of went for more of like a, 
realistic kind of a look, right? Where yeah. like every like all the people have proportions and like the colors of things are all like just what what you would see out in the world. It and looks stuff like that, like an but old game. Yeah, but then yeah. I, I guess you know when it, you it's, see not, the it's not it's stylized. Like that's I think that's what you mean, right? Yeah, Same it's not like, stylized. It doesn't have yeah. like an opinion really about like, yeah, and like the UIs style. are. The UIs are just rows of text. The like UIs are very bad. Yeah, yeah. I would just describe <laughs> it as you, like everything aesthetically is utilitarian. Is how yes, yes. Like, yeah, okay. the programmers yeah. needed those to exist, and so so they, they do. do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they had released a multiplayer update, I believe, maybe like maybe some some time ago. I'm going to say it wrong, so I'm just going to guess six months. Uh, anyways, that that's sort of what caused it to kick back up on my radar again because it. it was popping up again on Refuse and on YouTube and people are just like, oh my God, this is, this is something else, you know, quit sleeping on it if you've still been sleeping on it after like seven years. So uh, as listeners may know, we play zombies, we play uh, Back for Blood typically um, together one night a week to kind of just, you know, hang out, have some, have some brotherly time shooting zombies in the face. But after, and I think it's almost been a year, more than a year playing that, every week we kind of ran out of kind of run out of stuff to do there in terms of continued growth and stuff. So yeah, I'm still not bored to... yet. Cause I just like shooting zombies, but Oh yeah. It's not like, it's not boring to play by any stretch, yeah, but, but I think as far as getting that progression and like new yeah. feel. Yeah. Kind of well, yeah. The, the only, the only new things we can experience, I feel in back for blood is new combinations of things that are nearly impossible to deal with. Like, Oh, yeah. now it's like acid zombies and fire zombies mm-hmm. and sniper zombies. And also we, have no oxygen and we're dying constantly. Yep. You know, also, it's like, they okay, explode well, when you kill them. Great, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And we haven't, so we haven't just, played through the latest expansion yet. We started it, and it was it's pretty fun. They, they got some new wild, you know, enemies and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But we definitely got our asses kicked pretty hard. We got wrecked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we yes. So we've been we've been working through that, and I was just like, oh, I think you know, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to. Just try another thing and see, and that way we can have a choice of what kind, of, what flavor of zombie situation do we? It want? still has to be a zombie game. I oh mean, yeah, I mean that's it's yeah. Zombros. That's the there's that's the name of unfortunately the there are so few zombie games. Games to I choose. Exactly. There's just there's very slim little. pickings, slim pickings. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, we we took Project Zomboid for a spin. I knew nothing about it aside from just you know what I, I guess passively gleaned from you know seeing it around on occasion. Um, and so we hopped in and the, I think the number of like kind of funny things that it does on the multiplayer side is, is kind of awesome where you don't start all together, you start separately. So a big part of it first is just figuring out like where the, where the fuck is everybody and how can we, how can we co-locate? But then the reality is that you are extremely fragile and like the whole point is that you're going to die. Like it's not, it's not so much a, uh, it's not framed around survival in the long term sense really. Because I mean, maybe once you get really good at it, it is. But I think mainly, well, even when it starts, like the first thing you see as you come into the world of your character is this is the story of how you died. Like that's, yeah, yeah, they really set it up where it's like you're going to get destroyed, and this is very true because you could spawn in a house, uh, open your map, and then the world continues going while you can't see shit, and you are looking at your map, and then you know I think it's that case you got eaten by a zombie. Yeah, like actually, the, the first the first thing that happened was I zoned into the game. And then they they popped up a dialogue explaining the controls because they could tell that it was my first time mm-hmm. playing, right? But but while I was looking at that dialogue, which was a big box in the middle of my screen, I could hear some kind of like crunching, chomping noise. And I'm oh, like, what is this? And so I I dismissed the dialogue and behind that window was my character being eaten by <laughs> <laughs> right? so, like, so my first uh-huh. my first go at the game. 
I, with that exaggeration, died immediately. Yeah. Like, yeah. like within the first second of being in there, I was dead. Yeah. Yeah. My first go, I was in a tiny, tiny house. And it was the same deal. Like I didn't know, I had no idea what was happening. So I was like trying to figure out what the menus were and stuff. And I could hear just a zombie banging on the door, right? Mm-hmm. And I pretty quickly grokked that, like, okay, there's, like, a zombie trying to break into this house, you know? But I didn't know, like, can what they? Is that, yeah, like, does the door break? This is the door problem all over again. Yeah, what am, I supposed to, <laughs> what, am I gonna, what am I supposed to do? Because I'm just in this tiny house, you know? And there was the same deal. It's like, so, like, that was doing that. And I didn't realize that there was another similar sound, which was a zombie also banging on a window. And... Then all of a sudden the window breaks and a zombie climbs through it. And then I don't know how to interact with it yet. So I'm like hitting buttons, trying to like do something to the zombie. <laughs> and it just keeps biting me. Yep. <laughs> As I'm like trying to figure it out. And then I also died within about. So a yeah, so it's, it's very much a, uh, a rough and tumble sort of a situation. Trial, right? trial by fire. Um, but I think what's been, what was fun about it. And I, you know, we talk about the nailing it or whiffing it thing. And I think I would, I would call it a nail it, despite the fact that of course it's, uh, it is what you would call deeply unfriendly to newcomers in terms of just how much is hidden, how much you uh, cannot possibly do in order to figure out how much they don't care. So like spawning you into a zombie's mouth is a good example to me of like the devs not really caring a lot about the initial yeah. yeah. experience. Um, but also importantly, I think, is it the, you know, the reality is I think those those initial upsets are all really congruent with the, with the game, with the theme, you know, which is like, it's hard out here. And uh, you're going to get fucked up. And they really, I mean, they take that very seriously, I guess, in terms of making sure that that point is driven home across the board. In the onboarding. Yeah, yeah. My only real right. complaints about it are kind of from an onboarding UI UX, because I, I agree, like it all kind of still works, works. together. But there's some yeah. stuff that like, like core things like how you equip stuff. You know what I mean? Like how you like, and what equipping even means is something that like, after we played, I've still got significant uncertainty about because you can. They use the weird words, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can equip, you can like right click and equip something, but then you can like equip soap, for example, right? But like, you don't see anything happen. So like, I'm not sure what that means that I did that. Mm -hmm. And then if you equip like, but you can also put items on like your, on your belt. If you have a belt, you can like put it. And on your back too. So you like you can like strap a shovel to your back, and then that you see in like a little hot bar. It's like oh, I hit three and my shovel comes, and I'm holding my shovel now, right? But you can also like, like the, equip. The soap go? <laughs> yeah, where does soap go? And you can also like <laughs> equip a baseball bat, but that's not that's not on your back. So like you can have a shovel on your back and then be holding a baseball bat, and you can switch to your shovel. Where'd the bat? Yeah, kind of of baseball like, bat. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think this is the interesting thing. Is like it's one of those where you know we, we always talk about what's what's the point when you get into when you're buying a game or you're trying to play a game with friends or whatever else. Like what's important versus what what may appear super important um, or even be super important from a a moment to moment usability standpoint. But that really like it fades in the background if the if the congruence of the whole thing is is really actually working well or um, not even that or if your willingness to put up with it is high enough because i think that's always the well i think that's actually. that's actually what happens which is like if you have this really good if you have like a, a weird enough flavor basically of game that's unique enough then people will stick around through the nonsense and so i think as with most of these very good games there's a lot of nonsense still um but the overall feel was actually was very fun we ended up playing for like I think like three hours or so on accident. Yeah, I think if I was trying it out by myself, I would have been kicked out within five minutes. Oh, 100%. Because I I, I think it's one of the, 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 the 
onboarding UI UX is actually so bad that it requires that you either already just be bought into like knowing there's all there's actually all kinds of really interesting, fun, cool mechanics in here, right? Because like just shit, like we found out the very end of our play session that like because there's a map, right? And I was like, why can't I like there's like all these like glyphs that you can put on the map, except you can't. And then I, and I clicked on something, it was like, oh, it requires a pen. And I was like, Oh shit, I've been seeing pins like in, you know, every time I've been trying to lose yeah, stuff. Yeah, you have to have a pin in your inventory to be able to mark the map. Which yeah, is cool which is shit. which is awesome actually, right? And like and we figured out after a while that like, oh, I can you can like if you get bed sheets, you can like rip them up mm-hmm. and then if you have and then you can sterilize them and now you can use them as bandages, right? Like sterile bandages. And oh, and then we found out later like, oh, you can wash a if you're bandage if you have bandaged yourself and it gets dirty, you can take it off and then wash it and now it's sterile again you can put it back on like mm-hmm. there's like all these really interesting fun interactions between like Sam figured out how to cook stuff cinnamon. at some point you know yeah it's like yeah it's I, was, actually, I was just making stews we would go to a new house yeah. kill all the zombies you know with guitars because we had found some guitars and then yeah. uh, and then Seth and Adam would go ransack the place and I would just start cooking a stew on the stove yeah. which I found hilarious yeah so like, there's actually <laughs> so, like a yeah. lot of depth and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I totally understand the problem of like how do you actually construct a good UI UX for all of that interactivity, right? Between things. I kind of like their approach where they were just like, you don't. And then yeah. They, and actually, <laughs> and honestly, the approach is, is I do think it's kind of, like you said, well, it's it, smart. it works, right? You just kind of yeah. like, right. You mostly just right click on stuff and like, see if you can do something. Yeah. Right. Well, it but I think the problem is you just able to put don't, more stuff in. Right? Yeah. You can just put tons of stuff yeah. in. Yeah. But the problem is you just can't like when you're first coming into the game, you oh, basically, yeah, it's so inaccessible, not to like, not that you know you can do something, but can't figure out how, but that you have no idea if you can even do some, anything, right? Like you just don't know oh, yeah. what the options are. And I think to me, like, I think that's you, where, that's where the game, I think, whiffs it is on that aspect of the onboarding and the sense of like, you have to already be bought in to the idea that you're, that this game is deep and rich and that you have to figure it out. And if you come or, in, yeah. I think you come with friends, right? I mean, yeah, but, but we're like question. you as a friend group also coming with that, right? Because like we could have easily come in and been like, if we if we weren't willing to like engage with it and try to figure it out and we were just like trying to play, you know what I mean? Just like. Yeah, the game's not going to hand anything to you. Yeah, including we would have had a bad time too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, so I'll, I'll say for me, I would say it whiffed hard in the first hour uh, and then and then it nailed it. And I think there's there's two for me, there's two reasons. One is it took us 25 minutes to actually connect to each other in multiplayer. We had to do so much Googling, yeah, reading and fig- yeah. figuring out just like how the fuck do we get into a game together? And then it turned out to be um, easy, like the golden path, like was like works really well. Well, right? I think but I think that's that's kind of true of just about everything in this game, which yeah. is there's nothing in this game that's actually that hard. It's figuring out how to even know about it is the hard part, yeah, including just like starting play. That's right? kind of like that's kind of what the fun of these kinds of games I think often is, right? Yeah. yeah. Can, or it's, can be, yeah. Yeah. If you yeah, can be. So yeah. so that yeah, so that that's my my first whiff was just like just I wanted to just you know open the game and play with my friends, which was in just that that step was just so hard. Yeah. Um and I would say second, that even the if they didn't thing, use like cuz I actually do have like this they're using Steam Connect, right? You just it's hard to figure out exactly how to <laughs> Make that go right, but even if they weren't and they and they're, they're going really old school and like you had to directly connect and somebody to do port forward and that kind of stuff, if we just knew that that was how it worked, right? Then fine, I'll go do some port forwarding. We'll set up like whatever we've done this before. We can do that, right? But the problem was like there were so many options, and there and was it looks no, like, like that's what you have to do. Yeah, it wasn't clear like not. what yeah. the thing is you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, yeah. So that that was that was bad, but but actually the second part was. 
was, okay, so I used to play EVE Online. And one of the things that people talk about in EVE Online is this framing of don't get attached to your ship. Your ship is like ammunition, okay? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's going to get used up. So don't like think of this uh, this ship as like the end all be all. Don't think of it, it's like your dream ship. It's just a ship, right? Um, and I felt like if the if this game had sort of like taken that angle with my character, I would have had a much better time because Which it they does actually, practically, yeah, practically, you, yeah, yeah. You don't get yeah. So at character. the beginning, they give you this big character customization yeah, thing. Yeah, because customize and their look and like choose all their, their names, stats. Yep. <laughs> all these traits and stuff and lots of traits. And so like my first time through, I was like, oh yeah, what, what, what kind of yeah. character do I want to be? Right? And I spent five minutes like going through all the options and this was the time where I zoned it's in and eat. instantly got eaten, <laughs> yep. right? And then I went back in and I was like, oh fuck, because apparently you, you can save those characters so you can like, you know, load it back in. Um, so I remade the same character, spent all that time, saved it this time, loaded it, died another five minutes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't actually until I started just hitting the randomize button that I started actually having fun. Because yeah, once same. I once I no longer cared about this character and I more cared about just like getting into the world and trying stuff, and I was no longer attached, then I started having a great time, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think the problem is it's, it's kind of framed as like, who do you want to be? What kind of survivor do you want to be? You know, uh, which it just doesn't seem to jive with the, the, the nature of the yeah. game, you yeah. know, where like my best character, the one that I ended, I ended up, you know, living the longest with at the end, just had all these bizarre negative traits. Oh, yeah. Mine had, had a like laundry a, list of negative traits. Yeah. <laughs> I like a bunch deaf. of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, Sam's, Sam's character couldn't even couldn't hear, uh, and which actually so, means and, uh, that what, Sam can't hear like zombie noises or anything. Oh, yeah, I, there's literally no side effects, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, and so like at, at the beginning we were all doing this. At the beginning we were like trying to like make these like good characters. To to, like, yeah, and then then our successful playthrough was actually us just all with completely random characters, often with huge drawbacks because we had stuck with the game long enough that we as players learned how to navigate the world, right? So it's, it's so much less about what your character can or can't do. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like it's just a weird – like I feel like if they had literally just made it so that you don't design your character, you just – you always come in with a fully randomized character – I actually probably would have had a much better time at, at the beginning, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and but so, it did it did nail it in the end. Well, yeah, that's because I, I think so. To the game's credit, there's a reason it has 122 thousand reviews on Steam, right? Which is mm -hmm. well for what it's been out for ten years, but it's it's a very successful game. That's it's it's very it's like it's in the very positive tier, I believe. If I oh yeah, right. Um, so like. And I you think it's one of those things like, it would, on it, like yeah, people play it a fuckload, right? And I would imagine yeah. it would go to like it could. It's actually given what it is. It could bump into overwhelmingly positive if like it did have a cleaner overarching like design, yes. right? In terms of like mm -hmm. how onboarding went, how they framed stuff and presented it to you, as Seth was talking about. Um, so this is one of those things. It's like as as Sam is often saying, right? Like if as a game can have legs and and really get away with a lot, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of like jank and and uh, suboptimal aspects of the experience if a certain set of conditions are met right if it mm -hmm. if it somehow otherwise like nails something really really well and so i think that's the evidence that you see and like room world is similar right? it's like a really hard game to get started mm -hmm. playing um not as hard but still a pretty hard game to get started playing 
but once you do and oh, yeah. start to and like the depth starts to kind of expand, right? Uh, and I think in both of those games, the whole idea you you kind of have to learn for yourself pretty quickly. But it's the whole idea is like you're just having an experience. Don't get too invested. <laughs> it's kind of like mm-hmm. the whole thing. And then it's just a, a storytelling engine, right? Um, and there just isn't anything else quite like it, and mm-hmm. nothing else quite as expansive uh, that I think it can still do okay. But that is one of those like you're in that really risky territory as a game developer where because people have to be bought in to because they basically have to like they have to trust you to go have that experience and so that trust has to come from somewhere first right and yeah it can come from because the game was launched in 2013 there weren't nearly as many games coming out at that time that was a peak of like or just on the other side of the crest of like the indie wave right people were doing all kinds of fun interesting stuff and so like the timing of that game coming out was probably really good that was also when there were like youtubers who were doing mixed content which there just really kind of aren't anymore right and also like streamers who were doing mixed content which there aren't anymore and so like it came out probably at a time when you could get away with a lot more because people had more just inherent trust right more yeah, this was a time when when people would actually say things like oh i love indie games like like yeah, as if like yeah. indie games was like a category like a genre of game yeah. you know mm-hmm. uh that was like right at the at kind of at the tail end of that but yeah and it's uh, possible that if that game launched today it could still be as successful because we still see games kind of like this where like they're kind of messy, right? But there's yeah, something no, I, that they do really well that that yeah, manages think, to get people's trust so that they can. I come think in. the reality is that it 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 nails the it nails what it is pitching, which is that you get to go be a survivor in the zombie apocalypse, and it's basically a sim. It's a very simulated, uh, real world sort of experience, right? As far as just like the amount of weird things that you can do, um, cleaning glass out of windows so you don't cut yourself after you break them to get into some place, mm-hmm. uh, having needing to have a can opener to open cans, which, again, is a lot of these things are mundane. Like, they're completely mundane facts, but they're when you stack them all together, they paint a particular kind of picture uh, for mm-hmm. a kind of gameplay. And so, you know, I think, again, yeah, when we talk about marketing we talk about what what makes a game really work at the end of the day and it's like all of the enslickening at the beginning is really trying to make it so that people don't unnecessarily fall out you know what i mean like falling out for dumb reasons when they would enjoy the game otherwise yeah. because yeah it took 30 minutes to get try to figure out how to get to work you can't even figure out how to get to work you know, you're done you know um or you just keep spotting it to get eaten in the first two seconds and can't read the tutorial messages or whatever uh most of that like i think i think the reality is that there is still a subset of people who if the premise is strong enough and if the overall like if the clarity of what you're delivering on is 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 obvious enough that i think there is some percentage of the total audience whoever buys the game who just will stick stick it out because it's like because you're giving them exactly what they want you know like we haven't played a game like that before where there really is that like that sim and action combined component of a like what feels like a real zombie apocalypse in a very intense sense <laughs> like all the little shit you have to be very careful of mm-hmm. which like most games don't bother with because that's not what they're trying to do they're trying to make like an action game or whatever else but well, it's it that think, right combo too right because I, I i think games like arc and mm-hmm. some of these other kind of survival games i think also kind of hit a lot of that but though in those ones like the investment because they're basically crafting games right and so yeah. the investment that you make into the world and into your character into progression is so high that it it just feels worse and worse as you like have your plans disrupted you know and i imagine that in this game that's true too but like so far even the first few hours of play like 
we haven't made plans. We haven't progressed, you know, like Barely we've, lives, we've yeah. actually survived for so like I went from almost dead where like every step I would just bleed onto the ground. Right. And I was like at like 5% health or something. And yeah, I just had lacerations on my whole body to us figuring out that, oh, we, like we figured out how to make bandages. And like, I, I got myself wrapped Basically, up. Basically, we saved know? Adam's yeah, like yeah, over yeah. time. <laughs> and to the point where now, like I'm back at max health, wearing clean bandages. One of my Doing wounds great. is healed even, you know. And, uh, and I'm like, we've all got, we found a school, we've all got backpacks, we all got, you know, a, a red pen, a blue pen and a black pen and a pencil so we can mark yeah, up we're our starting map. to you know, plan like, out our, our trajectory on the map. Yeah. And, and all of our characters that. are so dumb because you, you read books to like learn how to do stuff, but you read books depending on your, cause you can also have like buffs and debuffs in your character for like how fast you read. Right. Or if you even, can, I don't know if for sure there's a if literacy you, one or not, but. There probably there is, is yeah. a bit. So. But I, I think it's just that you read really, really slowly or yeah, something. Yeah, my yeah. character is David reads very slow. Yeah, so, but yeah. It's, yeah, but yeah, it's like a page every two seconds or something like that. But there, it's like a two hundred and twenty page book, right? So you did, you have to literally just <laughs> have your character not do anything else for literally uh, five he, real time, five minutes of real well, but, time. Right? But you can, you know, pick pick the book back up where you left off. Yeah. So something you can do is, for example, like if your character is exhausted, you can sit, you can just sit on the ground and like rest, and you can like read a book while your character kind of like recovers there. Stamina, you know, so, yeah. so like you can start to learn these kind of overlaps of like how to better take advantage of your time. You yeah. Know, kind if, you, of a thing. if you find a pretty safe zone to like set up shop and do such yeah. a thing. But yeah. I think it's, it's yeah. a, it's a fascinating one. I think if you haven't, if you haven't given it a try by now, especially if you've got a, a friend or two um, to go into it new with. It'll be like a lot start, more. It's a lot more fun as a multiplayer. Yeah. Game it's, definitely. I think, I think it's actually the case with most of these games that have a lot of that kind of rough Either rough onboarding or or where a lot of the fun of the game is in figuring it out is I think actually doing those single player is yeah. the yeah, typically much less enjoyable. I think Terraria is, is very fun. Yeah, Terraria was a similar experience, yeah, right? Same like thing we, for me. We had to we had to get just going with the idea of like people love this game, so it must some for some reason like we must not be seeing why it's good yet, right? Uh, so and like, and when my wife and I play multiplayer games, it's also the same thing that we do is we just mm-hmm. like the first part of the thing is just like trying to figure out what's going on and how to play it. And yeah. so much of the experience is actually just the collaborative effort of like trying to figure out what it's the game tons is. of fun when you're with friends too. I think when you're by yourself, it's very annoying. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> so, yeah, I think you're right. That's, that's where, uh, in particular where games that don't invest as heavily or just, it's a kind of game where it's just, there's not mm-hmm. a good way to do smooth onboarding, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like in either case, if that game is also multiplayer, I think that's that's one of the that's, things that that's can the really tip, like yeah. yep. save it. Um, although yeah. probably, well, and probably wasn't times. for a long time, right? But think about like a like a board game, right? Like board games are also generally pretty rough in terms of onboarding. Oh, but yeah. what what makes them work is there's almost always a person who, even if they aren't a, a fan of the game, maybe like it was their idea to play it, right? Yes, yeah, so it was, and so. Right? So then everybody else is like, well, man, I don't want to be a dick. Like, I'll, I'll, gi- I'll, I'll, I'll give this. I'll stay invested for the 20 Yeah, I'll, I'll listen because I, yeah, I don't want, yeah, I don't want Steve to feel bad that like he said we should play this game and then we all agreed and then I don't want to f- 10 minutes in be like, fuck this game and just leave, right? Yep, yep, yep. So, so like when you, when you have that kind of a scenario, uh, which is what happens like in this case, then yeah, like people will just figure out the rules together and they'll figure out the jank together. And that's, that's then part of the game experience. Yeah. But yeah, if you, if you do this in single player, which is also, I think why, like, like you were saying, you're st- suddenly seeing like a big resurgence of this game now that it has multiplayer. And I think a, 
that's a big part of it. You know, yeah. Yeah. It it can now, the the people who already love it in single player now get to also onboard people who (laughs) wouldn't play it otherwise. And actually, yeah, it's kind of funny. We're talking before we started the night where Seth was like, oh, maybe we should start play WoW and start leveling up characters, right? And for me, like, WoW has this like feeling of huge investment, right? It's daunting. It's daunting. It also has a feeling of really high complexity. I mean, I've played it a few times. Every time I've played it, I'm like, there's just so many things going on in that I can do, right? That I'm just like instantly overwhelmed. And I'm like, this is not how I like to play video games. I like to, Mm -hmm. I like to be relatively brain dead. And just, that's why I like shooting zombies, you know? Yeah. And so they were like, oh, let's try this, you know, project. Zomboid out, right? Which is like kind of funny because like the way I presented it was like because I because I'm because uh, I'm a noob and I and I like I just I want something more chill. Yeah, right? Adam's like, and yeah, then, I, want, I want like a more chill kind of casual game experience. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we go play this thing and I we're just hardcore we're just, survival sim. <laughs> yeah, we're just getting like instantly like, gnawed on by the, zombies <laughs> and murdered all. Left but even right. still, like I'm having a good time because like the investment cost per moment is actually low, right? But the reason that I've played WoW in the past, so the reason I would even entertain like playing it again today, yeah, yeah. is not because like I I literally don't want to, right? But yeah, but because like Sam and Seth are both playing it, Seth's very like has played a fuckload of it, right? That I know that I can be onboarded in like a, the smoothest way possible, right? If like I did actually play and that I could like learn quickly and figure out what is I'm actually into and like do stuff. So like, I know that I could actually have a good time despite the fact that the game itself is not the kind of thing I would normally have a good time with. Right. Yeah. And, and admittedly like it, that game also does not onboard you into the things that actually matter for you to like, yeah, you can't have tell a, have what's a good important. time. Yeah. Right. And so I think yeah. like, I think it's the, kind of the fun thing about something like project Zomboid being a single player game that had a huge following. Mm-hmm. Going into multiplayer is that you've now taken this huge group of people who who can enjoy this kind of experience with other people, right? But even so, will struggle to like get past the part Just where started, it's yeah. kind of a shitty time at the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now they get to get pulled in by all these people who already enjoy it. So now all of a sudden, all these people like who liked it get to share the thing that they like with other people, right? And all these other people who didn't get to have that experience at all because it just wasn't going to be for them in that state now get to have that experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it becomes a very great. cool thing actually. Yeah. So I'd say, I'd say project Zomboid. It's if a you play a nail. It's like a the yeah. sweet, you swing your club. Right. And then you come back around and then, and then you nail it. It's like it whiffs, sort of a, it whiffs yeah. out of the gate and then nails it. If you stick with it and yeah. bring friends, you know? Yeah. So all right, let's uh, let's get into some questions with our uh, last chunk of time here. So these questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. The highest upvoted question comes from Gibbs, who says, Would you guys ever consider making any behind-the-scenes videos of what you're working on for Crashlands 2 like you did for Crashlands? Inkscape videos, programming videos, etc. Yes. Uh, largely what we've been holding our tongue for is basically the ability to make a large scale announcement at some point when we are ready to do so. And we have our business stuff lined up and those things kind of go together, right? Cause you, in a lot of cases with business partners, they want to be a part of the announcement or, or you want to be able to offer that as a piece of the, a piece of the puzzle. So I think once we're announced, then yeah, we'll probably be doing a few, you know, dev logs, talking about a couple of different things or else, um, letting people know how stuff is put together or why, or, or even just like those fun behind the scenes things where it's like, you know, I, I imagine like some, uh, I want to do some like kind of David Attenborough style 
um, just dumb, like little creature. Yeah, introduced dive the creatures. Things. Yeah. Because <laughs> the thing is, like, we have this weird ecology and like, like everything's reacting to everything. And, you know, the creatures out in the world just eating each other like a crazy nature yeah. document. Well, so, yeah. And I think that's, that's very fun. there's this challenge with game, with like behind the scenes game content, right? Which is there are just like, just in the same way that games are these incredibly multifaceted technical and, uh, and like artistic and psychological products, right? The behind the scenes stuff, behind the scenes stuff, covers the same kind of gamut of mm-hmm. of in the weeds to high level view to like what angle that you're taking. Like, are you taking it from a design lens to say like, oh, here's why we did this, or are you demonstrating how we're trying to do something? Like, like are we showing the game changer that we've talked about a lot in the podcast? And like, here's how we use it to do stuff, right? Yeah. Who's your audience? Yeah, because so each question. one of those kinds of things has such a different audience. And mm-hmm. when we're in this phase where we don't know what our launch strategy is exactly, like we we know like what our our sort of cascade of plans are in the high level view, right? Like mm-hmm. there are certain kind of business partnerships that we're trying to get. And if we get those, then that's like our priority and that then we know what that'll look like again high level because mm-hmm. details will change depending on what the details actually are yeah it hasn't crystallized <laughs> enough yeah. for us to start you know making yeah so we can't like pick what kind of stuff do we want to share into whom and mm-hmm. are the different aspects of the game and like our process and the game's uh sort of publishing situation are those all in the right place for each of those different things right because like yeah. the fact that like right we could right now just start putting out like low level content of like, here's like how our systems work. And like, here's like how our pipeline works. Right. Like we could put out that kind of stuff because that doesn't really impact the consequences it's not of like, the game. it's not really showing the game exactly though. It'll give you glimpses of like the game in its current state. Cause we want to make sure that we don't put out stuff and say like, Oh, here's all the design decisions we made that turn out to all not be what the game looks like anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, I think in a lot of ways, I think, for me, you know, looking back on, I don't know, the last 10 years of doing dev stuff, I think I definitely prefer before a game comes out to be focused on it from a player facing angle of like, here's, here's this cool thing in the game. You know what I mean? Like here's stuff. And then once it, once it is out and it has either done well or not, then to be focused on the, how we did it and the kind of dev side of things if that makes sense and that's also where the um, audiences come from right because in the same way you like you can't get a gdc talk unless you've got a popular game or correct. blog post or something right to back it up and, and yeah, so the, like, the retrospectives are what people want because you have yeah you know if, if you're talking about here's how we're making a game that you can't play and don't know anything about nobody right? cares like, <laughs> nobody <laughs> actually yeah. cares yeah, people Instead will of being, care how did if, you do that that's what i you want that right. question i'll answer that question yeah people will care if you're you know Rami Ismail and you're like make and then you're like talking about a game in public because he already is a public figure in the space, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or if you are the guy who made Super Meat Boy or like any of these kinds of things, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're if you already have some particular following for a particular audience, focus like, yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah, you can because but but yeah, but think about like what so that content then would be like, oh, here's for Here's for the developers who like follow this person, uh, or here's for the huge player fan base who follows that person's game, right? Yeah, I think a a mistake that I think a lot of indies make is the idea that those are somehow the same. (laughs) It's like they're not the same. It's like it's like a it's like a 0.1% to 99.9% ratio of like of like people who will uh, play a game versus people who will now like follow the developer on Twitter, listen to their podcast, mm-hmm. uh, watch their behind the scenes videos, you know. And and I think the the other kind of weird thing about that is that 
it creates a very strange bubble for the developer yeah. because the people who they're interacting with and hearing from the most are not actually the not the, main, the mainstream the of their yeah. players. They're, they're people who are like really into like game design and game development and hearing behind the scenes stuff, right? Um, which doesn't necessarily mean it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it's just you know if you're you gotta not understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta understand that that's the environment that you're kind of like building a around yourself. So if you if you do something that that seems like it's generating a lot of interest based on the 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 people who are following you or the 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 retweets you're getting or whatever, that may not actually be reflective of of what's going on with the your your players like yes. at large, right? Um, so yeah, it's just an interesting problem to have. But yeah, and also like we never we never actually did behind the scenes programming videos for anything in Crash Lands. No. We did we just Sam just did some Inkscape stuff and then we all otherwise just did we had the uh the documentary crew that followed us around toward the the very end. It was like the yeah. last few months of development um with a, a few with some interviews and stuff like that which was, you know, it was largely focused on the human side of of yeah. what we were what we were doing at that time and what Sam was going through and and, you know, building a game as a family where one of those family members is going through a traumatic event, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't really like, here's how we are making this game. The game was really <laughs> We could have been running. And the game was together, pretty much I mean? done by then, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so and, and like Adam was saying, the technical side of stuff is very context dependent. And especially with all the tools that we have now, like I can't imagine Sam putting together any kind of a brief, uh, <laughs> understandable video of like, here's how I, here's how I, like, come up with an idea and turn it into an art asset that goes into the game. Yeah, it would because, need to be a series, right? Where it like starts yeah, off with the, an example of it in action, where it's like fast paced, you know, like all uh, sped well, up. I, where it's like, I think the point is like the pipeline is our pipeline. It's our pipeline. It's, it's not like, complicated. It's just no. requires a lot of context but, understanding. But it is the kind of thing that's like really cool for people to see the kinds of things that – the kinds of ways that people can solve these problems, right? So that they can then go to their own context and ask like, okay, was there something I can take from that, right? Yeah, but I think, I think again, those really people don't really care about our answers to these questions until after something has already been obviously successful. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Unless, unless they're already looking for an answer, yes. and that and that the answers we provided are discoverable in some way, right? And that's yes. that's where you have. But again, that's 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 now where you have. It's very narrow. <laughs> well, it's it's like the way to do that would be if we have some way of like putting out a video and uh, the subset of the existing game developer community um, would be aware that we did that. Right. That's where talks come in. It's like if you want to do that, I yeah. think that's where you go pick a particular conference that has an angle, you know. Um, yeah. But otherwise, I think, you know, what I would do, again, is do stuff that actually the majority of people would be interested in, which is I think seeing the creative process behind like a creature coming to life is super fun. But I wouldn't get into how the pipeline works. You know what I mean? It would yeah. just be – it'd be much well, more you fun. Wouldn't, and you wouldn't talk about how it works necessarily. It would just be like, you know, then I, you know, bring then it I, into the game changer Mm-hmm. Right, and we have to talk about like how the whole game yeah. changer works. Yeah, well, everything uh, becomes like a one line explanation, right? Where it's like exactly. yeah, bring it to the game exactly. changer, which is 
where we manage all of the information and data about our all of the game assets, you know. And then yeah, like, and and then people just, would see the game changer, but they would have to kind well, of. Well, I'm saying I probably would just skip for that for players because they yeah, don't care. Respect. Oh yeah, then we <laughs> just, just then we just uh, bring it into the game. Yeah, that's, that's what I do because that's what you yeah, usually yeah. see. You know, you see like you have a 3D model, and it's like, oh, oh, you're fighting in a game, and it's yeah. like there's a fuckload of steps between yeah. those two things then you, in reality, but no one cares. Well, yeah, so, yeah well, it's it's all draw the rest of the Yeah, yeah, it's the reason why like the the user understanding of software products like games or yes. websites or whatever, right, is, is, is so, it always feels like there's such a, <laughs> there's such a short process between like ideation and product, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's because all, there's just so much stuff that's hidden. Yeah. I think about it, like there's these, these really fun videos you'll see on Instagram or TikTok, wherever, where it's digital artists and all they, all they're doing is they've fully masked over a finished piece of theirs. And they take their pen and they're basically erasing the mask. So they're literally just like, you're just yeah, like yeah, you're yeah, covered right. it up with dust and you're just wiping the dust off, right? Um, and so the videos only take like 10 seconds or so. And then you see this whatever giant crazy illustration they've made or portrait or whatever. And the thing is like, that is not a, it feels like a, uh, it somehow feels like a, encapsulation of the creative process to a person who doesn't do it right yeah to, but to it's most completely people. unrelated to the- that is unrelated it's like the demos from e3 right where it's like this is not yeah. remotely what this but it is, is more be. interesting than them just like the yeah I think, I think tiktok is a good actually a good place to kind of see what ways of presenting information like work yes. in broadway right because yeah because like I mean, i've, what to I've not include is 90% of it. Yeah, cuz cuz I've also yeah. seen like I've I've seen a lot of videos early on in my earlier days on TikTok where it would be an artist basically like they would be showing like them actually doing the work right over the video while they're like mm-hmm. talking over it a bit and where the whole time they're complaining about how like nobody wants to watch their video, right? Which of course, like then you're going to swipe away from that because who the fuck wants to listen to that, right? Mm-hmm. And then more recently, what this seems to turn into is same what you're describing of like the art is already done and they're just revealing it to you, but still as if it's still like in the interface. It's still as if they're creating. You're in Clip Studio. You're in Photoshop. Or whatever yeah, else, right? but they've yeah, realized yeah, yeah. that like, and, and it's and what I've been seeing are like new and interesting ways of people like creating Unveiling. the reveal process, right? Yeah. And it's because. Just showing it, like, like here's a pic, here's a PNG of my art. Yeah, that, doesn't like doesn't work, yeah. right? Yeah, but also but, fully telling everybody about how you put it together also doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, because nobody yeah. actually wants to see that. Yeah, because yeah, or, you or actually because because to, to walk through like the process of creation, you either need to really care about creation itself, you need to already be like a technical yeah. deep dive person, or you need to know what we're gonna get on the other side, which means you have to start with the whole picture somehow, mm-hmm. right? And so having this like fake thing where we really quickly get the whole picture, yep. but in a way that's disconnected from the reality of how we got well, it's, it. It's like, almost a clickbait thing. Like, you know, you know, like the, oh, uh, yeah. the YouTube thumbnails where they always have like a red circle with an arrow pointing at it. And you're like, mm, something interesting is happening there. And you click into it. It's just, it's nothing. It's just bullshit. Right. So like, or you ever, you ever see the, the videos where it'll be a painting and they always start by being super turbo zoomed in on a tiny paintbrush and they'll, they'll like, they'll yep. put like one single detail. Yeah, they, like just finish, finish it. it. Yeah. Yep. And then they zoom out and it's like, wow, yeah. look at this giant thing. Right. And, and you can, and it, it like tickles the imagination because you're seeing this little piece and you're like, Ooh, somebody's painting something. And you start to you get guess this idea and imagine how they did it and how hard it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And also you feel like you're getting to share that moment with them of like, they yeah. finally finished this big, crazy thing. Right. And so it just kind of like, like you said, really at the end of the day, it's a, it's a picture of a painting, which is great. Yes. Right. But 
but they have to do all these emotional gimmicks to hook you in so that you watch a picture, watch this instead of, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, it's got to oh, be yeah. part of your Whatever experience, else. right? It's like, yeah. it's because the experience that you're looking for on a, any given medium is not being shown things, right? I think the, the critical mistake that you make as a creator of a thing is thinking that the way in which you made it is something that anybody cares about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know well, I mean? well, like, very, well, people will. There are people who very, yeah. very, very yeah. few people. Yeah, also, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think if you had to choose to do only one of the things, I would yeah. say choose to talk to the, the large audience who is going to be consuming the work, not the uh, technical shared audience that is other creators of the work. Yeah. And yeah, what they're concerned yeah, about yeah. is their experience of the work, Creation. right? And yeah. so, but, but you know, there there are ways that you can like, like just like with the reveal of the thing that already exists, right? There, there are ways that you can provide something experiential for that audience mm-hmm. that even though they're there for the final product, that you can like give them a sense of being part of the process, right? Mm-hmm. Without having to actually get into any of it. And I think that that's where you can like start to kind of bridge that gap a little bit, right? But it is still like, it is just for that audience. Like there, there isn't really a way to make something that is for the person who wants the end product experientially and the person who wants to know how people do certain things so they can compare that to their own methods and approaches, right? Yeah. Or, or the audience who just like loves what you do specifically and wants to know every tiniest detail, which is like, that's the tiniest group anywhere, right? Like who just absolutely love the thing that you do and they want to just know how, you know? Mm-hmm. Different Yeah, audience. so just, you gotta, yeah, you gotta know your audience. So when it comes to Crash and 2 stuff, yeah, we'll be revealing the game once the time is right. We'll have to figure out the way in which we want to do that based, you know, based on all, all the stuff we talked about. But then when it, yeah, when it comes to behind the scenes stuff, probably, probably post launch. Yeah. yeah. Really. Well, it's also um, a cost problem, right? Like making, making this kind of content because it only matters if people actually interact with it. Right. Yeah. Which means it has to be worth interacting with, which means you have to have done the work of figuring out who's the target audience. How do I make something for them? How do I get it in front of them? Because otherwise it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah leverage-wise, it just doesn't make sense. The cost is really high. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and we're not YouTubers. We're not Twitch streamers. Like, we don't, you know, we we don't, don't have, monetize our YouTube yeah. channel, right? And so, like... Well, and we don't have <laughs> pipelines and processes set up for, for, for doing that. Because right? people, that, yeah. people who do, like, YouTube videos for... Well, living right, or people, even, or or developers who do a lot of development in public, because that that is that is That's its own true. genre of thing, actually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where there are people who like are into the idea of development, they just literally will watch somebody make something, right? And yeah, them making the thing is now way slower than it otherwise would be, but actually, part of the product and part of the audience is this like pre-launch mm-hmm. audience, right? That they're also selling a product to. Um, but to do that, they've had to over time develop approaches and processes and ways of doing the work that make that at all feasible so that it can become economical, you know, in some way or another. And like when you don't have that at all, then you're already starting so far behind. Like it's just the cost, the cost is already just really high, right? And you haven't yeah. done anything yet to knock the cost down to the point where, oh, maybe because it would be cheap enough, we could do it, do something, right? Um, yeah, it's just not. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. I don't know, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll revisit that. Yeah, I think the launch. thing to remember is just that everything is really expensive, right? Like time yes. is really really expensive, and everything is an opportunity cost. And because so much of the stuff that you see that's really public for indie dev is people who are privileged enough to be able to do indie dev in the first place, which is a very rare position to be in, that they can also just kind of take their time, right? To 
to do it. And that means that they aren't as worried about like, can I pay my employees? Cause they probably don't have any, right? Like it's like, they're not worried about like, Oh, when does my runway run out necessarily? Because like, they're probably just not that worried about the runway. And or so they're, or they're doing development on the side of, yeah. yeah or, or yeah, exactly. Or they're yeah, doing other stuff. It's just yeah. a different, yeah. It's a different, yeah, it's thing. A different mindset. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's, that's where we're at with that. Uh, and that's all the time we have for this week. So thank you very much for the question. Uh, we'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Sampa DeCoster for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.